0: So let's open our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians, five 1 Thessalonians five twenty-three. This is week two of the Holy Spirit. So if you want to write, you know, a title, just put Holy Spirit week two would be cool. Um, last week, we we learned we learned how the Holy Spirit is our helper, how he helps us in the things uh, that no one else can help us in, um, that He helps us live this walk of Jesus in this life. He is the one that sustains us. He is the one that calls us first to salvation and finishes that work until we get to be with Jesus. That is who the Holy Spirit is as our helper. Um, Today, we're going to learn what it means to actually be filled with the Holy Spirit. And another way to say filled would be baptized, um, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And like I said last week, many people have taken advantage of the Holy Spirit and made Him into this, uh, this spectacle or this um, weird thing that on- is only for a select few or it's only for special people. Um, but that's not who He is. He, first of all, He's not a force or a power. Yes, He has power. He has all power. He has all understanding, He has all wisdom, but He is not an it. He is a person. Specifically, He is the third person of the Trinity that, we, that is revealed in Scripture. He is the Spirit of God. And in order for us to understand the work of the Holy Spirit, we must know first the truth of who He is and who we are. So if we don't know who He is and who we are, It's going to be very, very difficult for us to understand what it actually means to live in the Spirit. Have you guys ever heard that phrase before? To live in the Spirit or to walk in the Spirit? Um, Some people say walk in the flesh or you walk in the Spirit. You live by flesh or you live by the Spirit. Well, we're going to learn what it means to actually live in the Spirit. Um, So, God created us as a Spirit who possesses a soul and lives in a body. So if you guys, I want you to write that down. I am a spirit who possesses a soul and lives in a body, okay? Many people think that they're first a body who has a spirit, who has a mind, who has, who has feelings, but no. First, we are a spirit who possesses a soul and lives in a body, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And I would encourage you to write down the actual verses that I say so that you can um, go back to them whenever you look through these notes. So 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Okay, let's read it. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved completely without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here we have an example of where... The Bible calls us a spirit and a soul and a body. These things are very, very important for us to understand. And it's crazy because a lot of people don't know this until later on. And I, like, even for me, like, learning about this myself was like, "Whoa, I should have learned this a long time ago." And I, I knew it, but I didn't know it. Um, but I hope that you guys like really pay attention to this because it's like. Poof, When you really get it, okay? So first, the first thing, we'll talk about the body. So the body is physical, right? It is what you can see, taste, hear, smell, feel, your five senses. It's reality in this physical, earthly world, right? That is us. We are, we have a body, okay? Um, Your soul is your personality, It is your mind, it is your heart, it is who you are, it is uh, your will and your emotions, all of your feelings. That is your soul. It's the one that makes, the part of you that makes the decisions that you make, the mess-ups and the good stuff, okay? All of that is your soul. Now, with your body, if I touch Jovan's shoulder, you felt that, right? Great. But I can also uh, touch the soul of Jordy by saying, man, bro, you look good in that hat, right? Makes him feel good, right? So he felt that in his soul, not necessarily physically, but he felt it in his soul. Maybe it made him smile physically, right? But he felt it from in his soul. Now, the spirit. The spirit is the part of you that people cannot touch or feel, What's more is you can't touch or feel your spirit because it is you. It is the very deepest, most inner being of yourself. It is, it is the part that God connects to because God is spirit and he uh, connects with worshipers, it says, in spirit and in truth. So it is through your spirit that you connect to God. Your spirit has access to God. Um, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you can see yourself, but your eyes can never see yourself, right? You, you need a mirror. It's crazy. Like Bernadette will never be able to see herself in her own eyes, but I can see Bernadette. Bernadette can see me, but I will never be able to see myself With my own eyes. In the same sense, our spirit is something that is just, it's us. And we cannot see it, but God sees it. So, um, does that make sense? Yeah? So your spirit is what connects to God. Your soul is your emotions, your mind, your will, what you decide to do. All of that is you, your personality, that's your soul, and your body is this physical body that is all lived, that that hosts your soul and your spirit. Okay? For those who have not accepted Jesus, their spirit is dead. That's what the Bible says. Um, If you want to write something, write, Without Jesus, spirit is dead. Or, without Jesus equals, spirit is dead. Uh, And the verse to go along with that is Ephesians 2. Verse 1. Ephesians 2, verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Some translations say dead in spirit, but it's all the same dead. Because we're here alive now. Like if I didn't have Jesus, uh, I'd still be alive here physically and earthly, and my soul would be alive, but my spirit is dead. Now, we're going to look at what happens when somebody gets saved. So we've, we've gone through the, through that sermon where I asked you guys, are you saved, right? And, you know, we went through all of that, what that means uh, for a person to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and to believe in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and to live out that life according to that truth and to completely follow Jesus. That's what it means to be saved. That's all great. But what happens when somebody is saved. And this is very important for us to understand. Okay, when you're saved, you don't... It's not like you become part of a club. Like, a, or a part of a gym or this, you know. It, it's, not, it's not like that at all. It's. It's something that goes way deeper. So much more important. So much more profound. That we can't really understand it fully. And one day we will. But right now... Our words are, are just limited to, to, to express what Jesus has really done for us. So, let's, let's, um, let's, uh, let's look at what happens when we get saved, okay? So, we have a body, a soul, and a spirit. When you make a decision to declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he is raised from the dead, your spirit becomes alive. If you want to write that down, say, your spirit becomes alive, When you decide to follow Jesus, your spirit becomes alive. It says that when you believe in your heart, right? In the verse in Romans, it says that and you will be saved. The the Bible uses the word heart interchangeably between spirit and soul. And right here, I believe that it is your soul that is making the decision to follow Jesus. Right? Um, It cannot be your spirit because your spirit is dead. So something that is dead cannot make a decision. It's just dead. You, You don't have access to God. But the Bible also says in John 6, 44, it says that no one is able to come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So, your dead spirit can't make that decision for you. It is the, your soul that makes the decision to follow Jesus. And because your dead spirit can't make that decision for you, it is the Holy Spirit of God that allows you to make that decision in the first place, that draws you in to God. So that's how that's how loving our God is. He knows that our spirit can't do it. Like we're not, we're we're faulted and destroyed and we, we cannot do it on our own. That is why it is only by the Holy Spirit who draws everybody. It's for everybody. I mean, like literally everybody has that chance to, to follow Jesus. And like, it's, it's such, a, such a sad thing for people to miss out on that. Every person has the ability to say yes. Their soul, not their spirit, because our spirits were dead. Our soul, we are able to say yes to Jesus. When we say yes through our soul, it is our spirit, that dead spirit, that comes alive. Does that make sense? Right? So a dead spirit cannot make a decision. So that's why the Holy Spirit provides the decision to our soul And out of the response of our soul, we either allow the Holy Spirit to make us alive, our spirit alive, or we don't. And that, that's a crazy thing because not even, if if you say no to God, not even God can make you saved. He can, technically, because he's God. But he won't. Like, that's something that he will not do. And it's it's crazy to think that God can't do something. But, like, we could we could be real. Have you have you guys ever prayed for somebody who just does something that ruins themselves, and in in that they also ruin the lives of other people around them. They. They continue on a path that they know is wrong for them and, they, and you pray for them and you, you ask God, please, please, please help this person. Please help this person. And nothing. And it's sad because if, if they don't want to change, they won't. And there's yes, there may be an ounce of mercy where they have an ounce of clarity and God seeps through and transforms their lives, but it really is that way. If you don't want it, no one's going to force, force it on you. So that, that right there, I mean, the grace of God, you cannot do it on your own. That is why the Holy Spirit does it for you, even before you accept Jesus. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says, Christ died for us. Knowing that people would say no to Him. Ugh. So uh, that, that verse, um, John 6, No one is able to come to me unless the Father, through the Holy Spirit who sent me, draws Him through the Holy Spirit. Sorry. When you make that decision in your soul, Your dead spirit becomes alive and new. So you become alive and new. God gives you His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and you become one with the Holy Spirit. So that dead spirit that was dead, it... I had to pose real quick (laughs) because... Right? That dead spirit that now becomes alive, the... The Holy Spirit of God becomes one with that spirit, and now you are a new spirit altogether. So, this is great. This is, like, awesome. Uh, In my Chick-fil-A days, when I used to work at Chick-fil-A, like, my first week there, um, I remember a customer came to me, and they said, "Uh, Can I get a number one? No pickles. Um... (laughs) Right? Yeah. Uh, I like pickles, but they said no pickles. And then, can I get an Arnold Palmer with that? I said, like, what the hell? What is that? It's like, and I looked to like, to like, the other kid that was there who had been there a little longer than me. And I was like, hey, what's an Arnold Palmer? And they were all excited because they knew. I was like, oh, yeah, it's um, lemonade with tea. But you have to ask them if they want sweet or unsweet. I was like, oh, Okay. And then, so it's that's cool. It's lemonade with tea. And I've had that before, but I didn't know it was called Arnold Palmer. Lemonade is a separate drink. Tea is a separate drink, right? Comes together and becomes an Arnold Palmer. It's a different. It's, it's a different drink, right? In the same sense, God's spirit becomes one with our spirit, and we become a new spirit, joined together with God forever. And ever. That's awesome. Like, I like to think of it, God's lemonade, we're the tea. Unsweet tea, though, because we have no sugar. We have no life. And then God comes and, wow, it's amazing, beautiful. Sweet. Ar- uh, Arnold Palmer. Yeah, we're Arnold Palmers. Now that's weird. Yeah? So, we become a new spirit. New Um In the new spirit, though, with, with with the new spirit, all of God's blessings. Yo, come in, Jesus. Oh, yeah, you could, you could. Yeah, 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 please. Thanks, thanks. Yeah. We have uh, notepads. No um, if you want to take notes, go for it. It is yours. Sit wherever, please. Good to have you. So... When, when we accept Jesus, we become a new spirit in Him, and we become joint together with God forever and ever. With that, all the things that God is, all the good, all the, all the amazing stuff, all the blessings that come with Him, all the promises that are with Him are now for us there and then, in an instant. It is all accessible to us. Just like that. Everything. Everything. Jesus is, that's why, have you accepted Jesus into your heart, right? That's technically wrong to say that. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. But I guess it's better than saying, have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believed in your heart that he, that God raised him from the dead and the Holy Spirit has made you a new creation and given you a new spirit and you now become joined, um, become one spirit with God and now you live in, right? That's, that's a little too much. But... But all of that, all of who God is, all of it is now in you. You become a new creation. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, if you want to write that down. The one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Your spirit is now identical to Jesus. When God sees you, he sees Jesus, period you have become the righteousness of God through grace. Now, that's like crazy. Like, Jesus is the righteousness of God. Like, the good of God is now you, in you. You are now the goodness of God, which is crazy to think about, like, us. And what people don't understand is when you become a new creation, you really do become like God. No, what's more is God lives in you, right? Christ lives in you. You no longer live for yourself. It's, it's, it's so insane. It's a paradox that is crazy, but it's so necessary to understand and to believe that Jesus, the spirit of Jesus lives in you. Your spirit is now perfect. When you accept Christ, you become a perfect creation. Now, let's get to the part where this is like amazing when I, when I, when I found this out, but you're a new creation, right? You no longer bow, are bound to the past, to sin, to death, to the pride of this life. You, you're free. You are holy and you are pure. You are perfect and righteous But does anybody remember when they got saved? And for some of us, it was like an amazing experience, and it just feels like everything just flooded off. But for others, you don't really feel anything. Right? And I've, and I've heard people like, I believe. Like they, I believe that, you know, I believe in Jesus, and I'm, I'm a Christian now, but I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything different. Now, why is that though? Why why do some people feel oh amazing and awesome and you know some people even experience miracles when they get saved? But why for others who are genuinely saved because they really do believe and they've made the choice in their soul and their spirit is now alive in Jesus, yeah. Because they haven't woken up their spirit? Close. That's good, that's good. Your spirit becomes alive in Christ. So there's nothing you can do to waken your your spirit. But your soul and your body, the Bible says nothing about those being transformed um, in an instant when you get saved. Your soul, your person, um, has to now be aligned with your spirit with the reality of your spirit. So, if you want to write that down. Your spirit transforms in an instant, not your soul or your body. As you get your soul into agreement to the truth of who you are now in Christ, then you will see the work of God in your life. So I like to explain it this way. If, if this is getting confusing, listen to what I'm about to say. When you, uh, you're overweight, yeah? You join a gym. When you join the gym, do you get skinny right away? No. But you now become a member of that gym, and you now have the ability or the access to work and transform your body to fit what you wanted when you joined the gym. Does that make sense? So in the same sense, when you become a new creation, when your spirit becomes a new creation, your soul... Before I say that, when you go to college and you suck at reading and it's your first day, are you going to be a great reader because you joined college and it's your first day? No. Sometimes when people get saved, addictions are freed. They're freed from addictions and these you know things that they've struggled with their whole life leave completely. Um, and there's been a lot of instances like that. And that's awesome because of the power of God. He can transcend the spirit. It go straight to your soul and bam. Even more... People who have been, who have like a physical disability, who have been sick and this and that, and then they get saved and then they're completely healed after they're saved. But that's the power of God. That, that's the goodness of God. Sometimes His power is just so overwhelming that it transcends the spirit and it goes straight to the soul, then to the body. I mean, when Jesus rose again from the dead people that were buried next to him, some of them rose again from the dead and they were seen out in the city and it's like, hey, we buried you a week ago. <laughs> what, what the heck, <laughs> right? That, that's happen- that, that happened. So that's all good and well. That's, that's great. But what about those who just, nothing happens? Salvation is not based on feelings. It's based on faith. What the Spirit has done in your life is not based on how you feel. It's about faith in what He says He has done. It is your Spirit that is and not your soul that is transformed in an instant. Sometimes yes, your soul may align to what the spirit to your new spirit automatically. But for most people, no. It takes it takes time, just like it takes time to get in shape. In an instant though, you have access to all the goodness of God. You have access to to, to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, to freedom, to power, to the anointing, to all these wonderful things, these awesome things that you can learn about on your own in the Word of God. You can seek God and He will show you and He will teach you through, through your mind, which is your soul, and it will align to what your spirit has, all, has already confirmed um, by the Holy Spirit. You have access to all of it, all of it. Just like when you join the gym, you now have access to all the treadmills, to all the weights, to all the machines. You have access to all of that. Sometimes they'll even give you a shake, like for joining the gym or something like that, right? Like you have access to all of it. The question is, are you going to use it? As a Christian, you now have two two choices. Um... I want you you guys to write this down. The flesh, and you can put dash, the part of me that wants to sin, and then the spirit dash, the part of me that wants God. As a Christian, you now have two choices you can either obey God to love God really because the Bible says if you love God those who love me will keep my commandments or to listen to your flesh the part of you that wants to sin some people um, like to put the flesh and your body together as one, but which is true, but in a sense, it's not, and I'll explain why in a bit. But you now have two choices. Just like the gym, because it's, it's a great analogy. You now have the choice to go work out or to not work out. Before Jesus, you didn't have the choice to honor God, to live for God. Before the gym, before you joined the gym, you didn't have the choice to work out. Now you do have the choice to live for God. No, not even the choice, but you have have support and help, and you have the best trainer there is who is the Holy Spirit. You have, but it is completely up to you. When you make the active choice to obey God and you listen to the Holy Spirit of God that gives you life and you don't listen to temptation to sin to your flesh, you crucify your flesh. You kill the things that make you want to do things that you know are bad for you. You kill those urges and those things. Like, it's, it's, it really is true. Like, think about it. Let me think about this. If you put a drug addict in a a room and you lock them up and they have no access to drugs, they're going to go through it, but it's going to kill that thing that makes them want it. Hopefully when they leave, they don't go looking for it, but... The, the addiction to it, the, the urges for it, leave after a good amount of suffering. But they do leave. They really do. In the same sense, Galatians 5.24, if you guys want to write that down. Galatians 5.24, Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those who belong to Christ obey Him. And it is the Holy Spirit that helps you obey Him. Without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't even want to try to obey God. If you walk in the Spirit, which means if you live by what the Spirit says, and what the Spirit says is what the Word is. If you walk by that, you literally transform your life. You become a new person. You you metamorphosize. In, in Romans 12, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're transformed, you metamorphosize by the renewing of your mind, which is when you... Uh, when you know the Word of God, when you learn the Word of God, it transforms you into somebody completely new. And not only do you become a new person and live in this amazing new life in Christ, but others around you see it, they experience it. They are blessed because of you. Even if they don't believe in Jesus, they can find favor because God's favor is upon you because of the goodness that overflows from your life. But that only happens if you walk in the spirit. If you choose the flesh, you jacked up. And like like you got to think you you got to think ahead. You got to think ahead in this life. If you gratify the now, I want this now. If you gratify that right now, you will not be able to experience what is to come, right? So when you want to sin, there's a, there's a moment where you're able to say yes or no. And your spirit is saying, no, don't do it, please. Your spirit's telling you, like you are telling yourself, Your spirit is telling your soul. It's not just God. It's not the Holy Spirit just saying, no, don't. It's actually you telling yourself. Don't do it. Like you are telling yourself. The innermost of you is saying, please don't, 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 don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. this. Please, please, don't do this. If you listen to your spirit the blessings that will come after that obedience outweigh and are so much better than the instant gratification of the, of the flesh that only wants to kill and destroy you and get you numb to what your spirit is telling you. Like, it's so sad. Like, isn't it sad? Like, and we could judge, we could judge people who struggle with addictions all we want, but at the same time, we do the same thing. Like, I'll never do this again. I'll never say this. I'll never watch this. I'll never talk about this. I'll never say this about this. I'll never. ah. If you get anything from this, you yourself, you can write this down. I am telling myself to listen to God, I am telling myself not to sin. I don't want to sin. And it's true. Your spirit does not want you to sin. Because it knows God. Because it literally is with God, completely and holy. And then these two points. God transforms from the inside out. God transforms from the inside out. It is from your spirit, then to your soul, and then physically, and your body. It's awesome because the healing power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. And people who, who truly live in Christ, like, sick, even sickness can't touch them. And yes, you can get sick and because, you know, we still live in an imperfect world and that's, that's totally fine. But if Christ is for you, who can be against you? That actually applies to your life, even physically. And then this point, Satan destroys from the outside in. Satan destroys from the outside in. What do I mean by that? Satan gives you something physically. It's in your face. You can see it, taste it, smell it, uh, touch it. What's the other one? Hear it, right? It's right in front of you. And if you allow your flesh, your body, to say yes to it, or well, you if your soul says yes to it and makes your body accept that it destroy it, no it numbs you to what your spirit is telling you so satan satan cannot destroy you from within he can't he has to give it to you on the outside god will never give you something from the outside he will always give it from the inside because it's already there for you it's given to you all of it once you accepted Jesus yes Jesus all of it is now in you the Holy Spirit is in you you receive the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit when somebody is baptized with the Holy Spirit now we're getting into the baptism of the Holy Spirit but when somebody's baptized with the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit doesn't come from a location and then go and then pour like water no he is inside of you and overflows like a well, which what the Bible says in John 7:38, if you guys want to write that down, John 7:38. Remember, God transforms from the inside out, and Satan destroys from the outside in. John 7:38 says, "Whoever believes in me as the scripture has said, "Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water." So how do we get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Um, I got this from uh, a preacher. Um, His name's David. I forget his last name, but he's great. Um, Oh, my knee. Oh, gosh. Sorry. My knee. Ah, Hold on. Ah, Okay. First, you have to accept the truth. If you want to write that down, accept the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is... The Holy Spirit lives in me. If you've accepted Jesus into your heart, the Holy Spirit lives in you. If you said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he's there. God is with you, period. That's what the Bible says. Okay? you you don't have to earn that you can you what's more you can't even earn that you can't you can do nothing to earn that it is a gift the most expensive and amazing gift there is and it was given to you freely you have everything that you need second thing you got to do is seek him seek the holy spirit luke 11:13 If you then, though you are evil, now, now I'm sorry, know how to do good gifts, to know how to give good gifts to your children. Sorry, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So, um, notice how God says, "Ask." He doesn't say, "Beg." He doesn't say to be anxious and say, "God, please um, fill me up, fill my life up." No, he says, ask. And being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not... It's not what you see on the outside. Uh, What that means... What I mean is, like, if you guys have ever been to a Pentecostal service where they're uh, praying for people and, you know, people are getting filled with the Holy Spirit... You can see them falling, speaking in tongues. Um, some people dance and, you know, all, all this good stuff, which um, I am no one to judge if it's true or not. You aren't either, so please don't do that. Be careful because, you know, if it is from God and you're judging that, you're like a Pharisee. The Pharisees that, that, that said that Jesus is, is doing this by Satan, healing people by Satan. So be careful about that. Those are all the outer circumstance, the physical, if you will, of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is simply the increase of influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. It is the increase of the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. That means that as you grow in Jesus, you now want to do the things that God wants you to do. And it's revealed through you by the Holy Spirit. Like, you'll want to pray. You'll want to read your Bible. You'll want to go to that person that you uh, s- see over there at a, at a coffee shop. And you, God, you, you feel for some reason you should talk to. Or the barista that's there that looks like she's having a terrible day. And, you know, God is just pulling you to, to, to say something to her, to, 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 to tell her about the one who gives peace, the one who saves. Your life literally becomes God's and you just want to do God's work. And yes, you're doing all the things that you got to do as a, as a person to live here on planet Earth, but in all of it, you're, you're living for God more and more and more and more. The last thing you got to do is surrender to Him. As you are seeking Him, as you ask Holy Spirit, I believe that you are in me, that you are for me, that you have all the good things for me. And I ask you to please fill me up. Jesus, baptize me in your Holy Spirit, that I would completely be yours and that my life would truly reflect who you are in everything that I do. And I surrender everything to you, all of it. Many of us will say, yeah, God, God, you're welcome change my life come into my home right um, sometimes when I go to the Ortega's house I'll go in there right and I'll go straight to the pantry because I know I can <laughs> and I'll look for a snack right but because we've I, the first time I I didn't do that I waited like two more times but we built a relationship where it's okay it's cool oh it's just Mark right Some of us, though, we allow God into our home and God goes to the fridge to get a water and you're like, oh, oh, God, what are you doing? You need to ask me first before you can do that. And God's like, what? And you tell God when he wants, make yourself at home. Do what you, whatever. Right? Or, God, or he sees like there's a, there's a fire burning on your stove and he's, gonna, he's about to put it out for you. And, and you're like, oh God, please, sh- let, me, let me worry about this. Let me, let me handle this. And God's like, what? what? Right? When you allow the Holy Spirit to truly be in your house, and you allow him to do the things that he needs to do, and you don't say, no, no, no. That's when his influence becomes greater than your influence on your life. And you have to know that at salvation, you received him. So when you accepted Jesus, you received the Holy Spirit. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit you release him to overflow out of your life. One of the signs and uh, well how much what time is it? Okay. okay let's let's go quickly. One of the signs of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues and uh, whether that be a heavenly language or a language here on earth that you don't know but is in language on earth, it is a physical sign of the It's a physical sign that you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And scripture, I mean, in almost all of this, no, all of them, all of the instances in which somebody has been baptized with the Holy Spirit, the person speaks in tongues. And my favorite story of of somebody speaking in tongues in the story is in Acts. When Peter is asked to go to the centurion and Peter starts preaching to him about Jesus and telling him about the wonderful work that Jesus did on the cross and now he's alive and great. And then the centurion starts uh, speaking in tongues, like right right then and there. Like, that's cool. Like, oh, I felt that. Right? Like, that's awesome. And he hadn't even accepted Jesus yet. That's how powerful the Holy Spirit, like, right? And this fool didn't even know what was going on. Right? So, speaking in tongues holds weight to, yeah, I, I'm fully filled with the Holy Spirit. It's gotten to a place where, yes, in the Spirit, I believe that He is uh, with me. He is part of, no, He is. I am one with Him. There you go. Sorry. I am one with the Holy Spirit. And my soul believes that and reflects that completely. I, I look into the mirror, which is the Bible, and I see Jesus, and I don't see myself. And then from there, into the physical world, the Holy Spirit, what the Bible says is, is the Holy Spirit is praying for you, basically. It's perfect prayer. It's a prayer that your mind doesn't even understand, but your heart knows that it's great. If you get to a place where the Holy Spirit is the one who is guiding your life. And trust me, if you ever get to that place, bro, it's the best thing. Like. And it's not this weird oh, like, you know, like, because people ruin it. Like, you know, weird Christians. Like, and I don't I don't mean to say that, but it it's true. There are just people that they lose they lose sense or awareness of, of, of where they are. And um, I heard this before. They become so spiritually minded that they're physically unusable. Like, you know? Um, that's, not what, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real, full, vulnerable, intimate relationship with God. People who are, like, imagine, imagine if we were filled with the Holy Spirit the way that those disciples were. It says that they would walk on the street and their shadow would heal people. Jesus didn't even do that. Their shadow would heal people. What would it look like today? If the Christians of the world were filled with the Holy Spirit in that way. Golly. Like, it would be so beautiful. Like, so, and don't, and we're not doing it for, for the, oh, I get to heal people and this and that. No, we're not doing it for that. We're doing it so that we can become closer to God. So, um, I'm almost done, LOL. Yeah, I'm almost done. Uh, I, I, heard a, I heard this analogy and I really liked it. Um, when a boat is on the water, it's on the water, right? But it's not full of water. In the same sense as Christians, we're now living in this new life and we have the Holy Spirit, but we're not full of the Holy Spirit yet. When a boat begins to sink, all of its compartments begin to fill up with water. All of it. Right? If you've seen the Titanic, right? Jack. Yeah. And they're swimming, and the whole boat becomes filled with water. And then the boat submerges completely into water. The same way, the Holy Spirit begins to fill every crevice of our life. And if we allow Him sooner or later, we will be completely in him in life. And that's that's the goal, P- fam. That is the goal. Like here and now that's the goal. One day when we die, we're going to be in complete glory and we won't we won't our faith will be our eyes, the Bible says. Our faith right now is our faith. Yeah? So for some of you If you walk in the Spirit and you seek the Holy Spirit, you seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is, all it is, is the Holy Spirit completely having influence over your life. And that's a great thing. Complete influence in your life, in every area of your life. Work, school, family, relationships, jobs, I said that. All of it. All of it. It's God's completeness in you in this broken world. For some of you, it will happen when you're praying. For some of you, it'll happen when you're worshiping. Some of you, it can happen when someone's preaching. Imagine, like I'm, somebody, we just start speaking in tongues. For some of you, it can happen when someone prays for you. And you receive it. But for everybody, you have to be looking for it. Not anxiously like the world looks for, like the the sinner looks for its next hit of drugs. Not, Not like that. But in confidence and in faith that the Holy Spirit is with you and God will give it to you because He said He would, because He loves you. And that's what Jesus said. How much more would the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And I challenge you, ask Him. Ask God to completely fill up your life. Ask Him. And He will. And I pray that um, it not only be tongues, but all the other spiritual gifts that they are, and we'll, we'll learn those next week. But here's how how you get to that place. You align your soul with what your spirit has already confirmed. Your new spirit. Align your soul with your spirit, not with your flesh. Because when you align your soul with your spirit first, your flesh begins to align with the spirit. Does that make sense? you get to a place where my heart and my flesh cry out and cry out the mercies of my God. And that, that place is where you, everybody should be. And hopefully soon we can have a service where, you know, I'll pray over all of y'all and we'll, we'll see what happens. And hopefully, you know, We'll see. And not even just me praying for you. We might even bring Pastor Fred in this place. See what happens. But I remember I'll end with this. I'll end with this. Um, Sorry, this is a long. Are you guys okay? This is a lot, huh? Just be like, damn, I'm not going. Please come back next week. So bring a friend too. Actually, next week is Starbucks. So, yes, come next week. Uh, I remember, uh, it's like two years ago, um, I was really seeking the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I I wanted to speak in tongues, and I wanted to, you know, I want all that. And I was with my friend, and uh, we were, I I was in school, we were on campus, and um, we had played at some service, and we finished, and then we... We were walking around and we saw that there there was another service happening and this guy was praying over people and you know all of that and it was cool and so we went up to talk to him and he's like hey he wants to be, be baptized. he wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and uh, I was like how how do how do I do that what's the secret what's what do I got to do what are the steps and he says well do you want to be baptized right now I was like hey yo. Like I don't know, and and I was so I was so hesitant. I was like, ah, I don't know. Um, and long story short, he prayed for me. Nothing happened. The problem, and I know why now, was because I I was double-minded in it. I was like, nah, later, right? And looking back, if I would have been like, yeah. Let's do this. Maybe. But it's okay, because, you know. So, don't be double minded about it. If God is not Lord of all, he cannot be Lord at all. Do you get that? If he is not Lord of all, he cannot be Lord at all. Bars! Right? You should get that as a tattoo. No, don't do that. Um, so uh, take these notes, go over them, and guys, like, if you really need freedom from something, this is the way to go. Um, personally, like me struggling, I've been struggling with something um, for a bit. And I, I guess I can, I can be honest with you guys. Um, but I, I have gone through a... Ugh, it's, it's even hard for me to talk about it. But I, I went... Yeah, you can put your notebooks away. We're going to pray right now. I've gone through... I've been going through... Um, broke up with someone a little while ago. And all of that was like horrible for me. It was like the end of the world. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And like I went to like Google and like TikTok and all this stuff to like, hey, how do you how do you get over this? How do you do this? How do you you know? At first it was like how do you get your ex back or something like that? It was like stupid stuff. Like looking back, it's like what a sip right <laughs> but but like no it was like it was horrible it was a horrible time in my life and then I, I realized that yes it sucks and I'm feeling it physically but my spirit is still okay my spirit is still with God I still have all of the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the comfort, the, all of it. I still have all that I need in Jesus. And yes, my soul doesn't really realize that right now. My body doesn't realize that right now. That person's not here anymore. But everything that I need is still here. And the one who will never leave me, never forsake me is still here. So if you're struggling with something, if you're going through a hard time, if you feel like crap, you feel like a loser, you feel like nothing is going right for you, you you're you struggling with this addiction, you're struggling with that addiction, you feel hopeless, you you don't know where you're going on, with, you, you don't know where to go in life. Fam. All that you need, if you really believe in Jesus, all that you need is literally, it's, you can find it in here, but he is with you. He is with you. And all the promises that he said, they will eventually be seen physically, whether that be here on this earth or in the kingdom, but you will see them. I speak the holy name. Yeah yeah so align with your spirit align with it you don't gotta look anywhere else let's pray God we thank you for this night we thank you for this long message that you've given us and we just pray God that every word that was said that is from you would enter into our hearts that we would hold on to them that we would remember them, God. That we would, um, that we would be truly transformed, God. That you, Holy Spirit, would would fill us up and baptize us, God. Can I know this is we don't we don't really do this, but can you guys um. If your eyes aren't closed, just please close them. Um, but if, if you could um, you if you could lift your hands just like this, you can open your eyes if you want to see, but just like this. You don't have to go all crazy, but just like this. Um, if you're comfortable, you can. If you don't want to, it's totally fine. But something happens when you do physical acts. It, it just, your soul just aligns with it and it, But God, in a receiving posture, we receive the good things that you have for us. We receive you, Holy Spirit, that you would pour out of us, God. That we would give you everything that we have, all of it, all of our burdens, we lay at your feet, God. All of the the physical problems. things that we can see and and experience, we just lay them at your feet. And we remind our souls to look to the Spirit. We remind ourselves of the goodness that we have in you, Jesus. God, we receive peace right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you your grace that we have, the grace that you gave us so freely, God, we thank you for it. Lord, we ask that you would go with us, be with us, that when we're all by ourselves and all that crap tries to creep back in and tries to mess with us again, that we would turn to you, Father. And we would stand firm in you, Jesus. God, that we wouldn't look to the flesh for answers, but we would look to you, Holy Spirit. That you would remind us of what the word says and that we would open up the word and remind us of what it says. God, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. And we just pray that you bless us, that you be with us. Please continue to, to to bless us and, and um, change us, God. Help us to be more like you. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen, amen, amen. amen.